Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now here's Pastor Crystal Sparks. For the first time, I want to tell you that you are here at an extraordinary time in our church. Um, We have seen God do just such amazing things, and we're in a series called We Can't Stay Here for a Reason. And the reason why we are in this series is because we're getting ready to move from here to Fort Elementary on August 14th. And so we're so excited. And the reason why we can't stay here is because, really, honestly, we've just maxed this little room out as much as it can go. Um, We have crammed as many people in here as we can and we're just at a place where we need to make room for your friends for your neighbors for your family for the people that God's sending us and one of the most heartbreaking things as a pastor is when we have people tell us I was coming to church on Sunday but there wasn't a place for me to park so I wasn't able to come And as a pastor, that breaks my heart because there's somebody that needed a message of hope that wanted to hear about Jesus and they were unable to come in because we were out of space. And so we're making space for you. And so starting August 14th, we'll have three services still. And so we'll have an 845 service, a 10 a.m. and an 1130. And so we are so excited. And I just challenge all of you just to make it your mission that I'm going to bring somebody If each one brings one, we'll be amazed what God can do. And I just wanted you to prayerfully consider, maybe right now when I said that, you thought of somebody that you could invite to come with you on August 14th. Write their name down and begin to believe God that they'll come with you on August the 14th. So with all that said, um, we are going to be reading in Matthew chapter 4, 22 through 24. It says that once they left the boat and their father and joined Jesus and the disciples, sided with his party. Don't you love that? I love the Amplified because it says that they sided with Jesus' party. In other words, following Jesus should be fun. It should be a party. It shouldn't be a have-to or discipline, but it should be like joining his party. And it says, and they followed him. And when he went all about Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every weakness and infirmity among the people. So the report of him spread throughout all of Syria, and they brought to him all who were sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those under the power of demons, and epileptics and paralyzed people, and he healed them. Let's go on one more. We're going to go Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20. Jesus is in his final words here with his disciples before he ascends up to heaven. And he says this, Jesus approached and breaking the silence said to them, all authority, somebody say all, all authority and all power of rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me, has been given to who? Jesus, right? And then, and go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you all the days, perpetually, uniformly, and on every occasion, to the very close and the consummation of the age. Amen. Man. If you're taking notes today, and I hope you are, because we have a saying here at the church that paper never forgets, I want you to write the great involvement. The great involvement. If you write in your Bible like me, you can write instead of this being the great commission, I want you to write the great involvement. If you're a Bible writer, 
great involvement. Can I pray with you today as we get started? Jesus, we just thank you, Father, for a God-appointed word at a God-appointed time. Father, I thank you that every heart is softened and that every ear is open to receive your word. God, I thank you that in this place that every life will be changed, that no one will leave the same. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. So, you know, uh, I love Nancy and Jimmy's little girl named Lily. Um, she has my heart. There's no question about it, honestly. She can just call me and say, Coco, and I will drop whatever I'm doing, and I will drive all the way from Hidden Creek to Veranda, which for those of you that don't know, that's a very long way. Um, I'd say it's about an hour and a half journey each way. You know, we tease that she lived closer when she was in Sulphur Springs than the other side of Roy City, right? Roy City is big to get from one side to the other. But I love being there with Lily. Now, there's something with Lily that there's a word that when you say, you just better be prepared to back it up. And that word is go. If you say go around Lily, her ears will perk up. She will stop whatever she's doing. She will head for the door. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'm ready to go. Like, let's do this. Where are we going? What's happening? What are we going to be doing when we get there? She's so excited. She just starts repeating the word go, go. Well, then Nancy's like, whoa, 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 Lily. Going is not that easy. Like, I have to pack for you. She's potty training. Come on. Do you all remember those potty training days? That's why you have kids when you're young because... Potty training's a lot, y'all. I'm too old for that, you know. I'm 25. Um, I've been 25 for a long time. I love it. It's really great. It's a good number. It works for me. And uh, But Nancy's like, no, it's not that easy just to go, Lily. Like, I have to pack for you. We have to figure out where we're going, the proper apparel. Do you need snacks? Will your sister need more formula for her bottles? How many bottles do I need to pack? And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is like a scientific mathematical equation to go. But isn't it funny when I was sitting Sitting there watching this whole thing transpire, the thought occurred to me that when you're young, the word go is very easy. And the older we become, the harder it is, the more complex it is. You know, here Jesus is at the start of his first encounter uh, with the disciples, and his words are, Follow me, follow me. And then at the end of his life, when he's about to ascend up to heaven, He makes it even more simple because follow me could be a little bit too complex. You know, what if I miss a move? And we all know Simon says, and you don't want to get the wrong move and get counted out, right? So follow me says, I might get disqualified. So he simplifies it down to just one word, go. And isn't it interesting that the first two letters of the gospel is go? And and I think what I want you to see here in this place is that Jesus, when he called his disciples, he didn't say, hey, guys, listen. This is going to be pretty complicated. Like, I've got an application for you to fill out, and then you're going to have to go to a leadership training seminar where you're going to learn how to be a disciple. And then if you pass all the tests there, then we'll talk about it. We'll go through a transitional phase of 90 days. And after 90 days, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, you're out. And then after that, I'm going to have you sign an application, a contract. But just know that in that contract, there's some small writing about stonings and being betrayed and being crucified on a cross. And so, I mean, don't read the fine print, but he didn't do that. He just said, follow me. Why is it in our life that we make following Jesus so complicated? Don't we make it so complicated? I was talking to somebody the other day and, um, we were having lunch together and we were sitting across the table and she said, you know, whenever you speak and when I watch your YouTube channel, you just make it look so easy. Like, you're just doing it. Like, it's so easy for you. And I think, really? You should be Crystal Figueroa who edits that video when I'm looking at the camera going, 
I don't want to do this. I, I, this is hard for me. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And we make it so complicated in following Jesus. But really, he's saying in this that he's assuming that you're going to get involved with what he's doing. He's assuming that you're going to go from a place of just hearing his messages on a boat to actually partnering with him in what he's doing. His plan for your life was never just to have boat living, where you're sitting inside the comfortableness of your boat and you're listening to his message but never getting involved with hurting humanity. At the very point that you got saved, you became a disciple. And with that, you got partnered into the great involvement. Well, I don't want to be involved. Well, you don't have a choice because there's no such thing as being unemployed in the kingdom of God. Every person has a job and every person has a role. And I know that you may be disqualifying yourself and you may be saying, Crystal, not me. You know, maybe my neighbor, maybe my wife. No, God's called you. This was a blanket call. This wasn't a select few. This was for everyone. Hey, Kat, where are you at? Where are you at, Kat? Y'all, y'all look at the back. There's Kat. Do you see her waving? Hey, Kat, I want you to come here. I want you to come here. I want you to come here. Now, I want you to see something. Was she where I wanted her to be when I called her? How did I know where she was? She put her hand up. And then her response determined whether or not she was with me or not. When I called her, I knew where she was. I was waiting to see if, number one, she put her hand up. And number two, she was willing to come when I called. God in your life, when he calls you, he's not calling you because he thinks you're where you want, he wants you to be. He's calling you to see if you'll, number one, put your hand up. And number two, will you respond to what he's asking you to do? Give it up for Kat as she goes back to her seat. I think a lot of times we think when God starts calling us, we think, I'm not prepared. I'm not, I'm not qualified enough. I'm not good enough. No, that, none of that has anything to do with it. Jesus knows where you're at. He knows your qualifications. He's calling you anyways to see if you'll respond. Think about this, Isaiah chapter 6. Verse 8. Let's read this together. It says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am. Here am I. Send me. In other words, Isaiah had a willingness to put his hand up and say, God, I'm the one you want. I'm the one that you want. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. See, Jesus gave the invitation, but our involvement is determines the miracle are willing to get involved. See, God could have issued out the invitation, I want to do great things in the earth. Will somebody do it? And Isaiah could have just sat there and thought, well, that's somebody else's job. It's somebody else's job to get involved. But he shot his hand up. I want to ask you a question. Are you quick to respond when God calls? Are you quick to put your hand up in the air when when he's calling you and you've got something on your heart? Are you one that disqualify yourself? keeping your hand down. I can't get involved. I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified enough. I just want to tell you that you have a gift, a talent, and an ability that this church needs. We need you to be involved with what God's doing. We can't do it without you. I'll be that bold to say that we can't do it without you. Now think about this. When you put your hand up, it's signifying what? Reach, right? You're reaching up to heaven. Now in our church, the greater our reach is the greater our impact. Now, if each one of us had our hand lifted, how much further could we reach? 
If we were to begin to add up your reach and your reach and your reach, we'd begin to be able to wrap our arms around a community. I'm just a numbers person, so I took the average of height of a person because they say that your reach is from the tip of your fingers on either way if you spread your arms out straight, is your height. And so I thought, okay, what's the average height of a person? And then I multiplied that by how many people we have in our church. And I did all the math. And basically, we have enough that if every person in this house began to reach, it would be enough to wrap our arms around Roy City. It'd be enough to wrap our arms around this city. Guys, let me tell you, we need your reach. We need your arm to be extended to heaven and say, God, I want to get involved. I'm not satisfied with hearing a message. See, here the disciples were, when they were in their boat, they were in a comfortable place. I mean, have you, do you guys know that guys love to go fishing? My husband loves to go fishing. And when he's out there, he's just enjoying life. He's catching fish. And I think he likes to fish because fish don't talk. And men don't talk. So he's just privy to a few hours of silence um, while he's out fishing. But here the disciples are, and they're fishing when Jesus finds them. You know, my parents have a lake house, and when you go into the lake house, they have a sign, and it says, on lake time. And on lake time basically means this, that you do whatever you want, whenever you want. Come on. When you're there, you can sleep as long as you want. You can wake up whenever you want. You don't have to cook. You don't have to clean. You don't have to do anything because we are on lake time. Come on, somebody. Doesn't that sound awesome? And even though that's a great place to go and retreat, I think a lot of Christians live their life on lake time. And we're still on the boat, and we have a sign up saying, no, Jesus, I'm still on lake time. I'll go when it's easy. I'll do whatever when I want to. When it's convenient, I'll do something for you. But Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to leave your comfortable place. I want you to leave your place of tranquility. And I want you to go to a place where there's hurting humanity. I want you to leave the place where it's all about you and it starts being about others. I want you to start doing something to start making an impact. I want to tell you that you will never live a more satisfied and fulfilled life than when you're serving others. Your life becomes so fulfilling when it stops being inward focused and it starts being outward focused. You want to know the happiest people on earth? It's the 236 people we have on our dream team. They are the most happy people on earth. Every Sunday, they're reaching out to people. They're making a difference. They're involved with what God's doing. There's a sense of purpose that comes on your life. See, here the disciples are in Matthew chapter 4, and Jesus calls them to follow him. And now let's look at this one more time. So he calls them in verse 22, and then look at verse 23. It says, and he went all about Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every weakness and infirmity among the people. So the report of him spread throughout Syria, and they brought to him all who were sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases. It keeps on going. Even in verse 25, it says, and great crowds began to join him. So let me just implore you of this. Jesus knew there was more people coming. And he knew the team he had wasn't enough to reach them all. He knew if I'm going to reach the crowds that are coming, I got to get more people involved. Because I'm only one man and I can only do so much. 
So he went and found some people that he knew would put their hand towards heaven and say, God, I will reach the ones you've called me to reach. Here am I. Send me. And so because they responded to the call, they were able to see great crowds ministered to. Up until that point, he had multiplied some uh, water into wine. He had done some small things. But now here's the first time we see great crowds beginning to follow him. The great crowds came because he had the right team to be able to reach them. I want to tell you that God is calling our church into a season where we can't stay on our boat anymore. We can't stay with what's easy and what's comfortable. He's calling us to a place to get involved with what he's doing. He wants us to begin to say, hey, you need help in kids? I will help in kids. You need help in tiny walkers? I'll help in tiny walkers. You need help in check-in? Hey, I'm the girl for check-in. I can do it. It's an hour of my time. What better than to give to God's house? I want to get involved with what God's doing. I don't want to paddle in here on my boat every Sunday and say, oh, I heard a great word, but I want to be involved in what God's doing. I want to be in the middle. I don't want to just see people getting prayed for. I want to be the one that's praying for them. And here Jesus is, he's like, to be a true disciple, it looks like this. Each one is reaching someone, is loving someone, is helping someone, is serving someone. He's showing them there. This is what true discipleship is. Can I just challenge you that if you find your life in a place where you say, gosh, I'm just bored. I've never had a day where I feel like I'm bored. I don't know what that's like. Let me follow you around. Because an involved life is a fulfilling life. An involved life is not a boring life. It's an exciting life. When we were in New York, um, there was a man that we reached out to, and we were able to bless him financially and do something nice for him. And it's funny because when we look back on that trip, that was our favorite moment of the whole trip. And we had seen all kinds of wonderful things and had done all kinds of awesome stuff. But it was when our life counted for something more than just about ourselves that we look back at that part of the trip and say that was the significant part of our trip. And I told them, I was like, isn't it funny how our life is most fulfilling when we're serving others? And we're helping others. It's the great involvement. Jesus wants us to get involved with what he's doing. So let's think about this. Our reach. How big is your reach? How big is your reach? There's a boxer named Sammy Liston. And he was back before uh, Muhammad Ali. And he was known as the most powerful boxer. He was just really amazing. And the reason was this. He was six foot one tall but his reach was seven foot wide. His power was in his reach. It wasn't in his height or his size. It was that his reach, he could reach people better and put knock a powerful blow. And I would like to say that the Church Roy City is who we are because we have 236 people with a really big reach on our dream team, and they're involved with doing what God's called us to do. And so let me just challenge you. How big is your reach? Did your world get bigger when you became a disciple, or did it get smaller? You know, a lot of times we equate holiness with small living, don't we? When you get saved, you think, I can't listen to that music. I can't go here. I can't go there. Can't do that. Can't dress like that. Come on. Did you ever go to the church of the can'ts? The church of no, I call it. (laughs) No music, no movies, no carnivals, no parades, no nothing, no fun, no dancing. Um, I'm glad that we go to a church of yes, amen, (laughs) Um, of grace. But here's the thing. Let's look at this Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. Let's see what real holiness is. Isaiah chapter, chapter 6, 
verse 3. It says, And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. You know, this tells us that true holiness has a big world. When we're truly living a God-filled life, our world is big. God expands us, and and we live big in our generosity. We live big in our love. We live big in our forgiveness for others. We live big in our ability to serve. We live big in every area. We live a big life. This tells us God, when to show how holy he is, the whole, whole earth is filled with his glory. So I'll just challenge you, if you're living a small life where you feel like you're trapped in on every side, you might still be on your boat. You might still be paddling out in an ocean all by yourself. And Jesus is calling for you to get involved. See, everywhere Jesus went, he issued an invitation. But with that invitation always came a willingness to get involved. Always went hand in hand. Think about Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he? I always have to say that song to make sure I'm talking about the right one. Because <laughs> I always get Zacchaeus and Nicodemus mixed up. Come on, somebody. Anybody not raised in church, where are you at? You don't know the difference between Genesis and Revelation. It's all right. You're welcome here. And uh, so, no, so here Zacchaeus is, right? He's up in a tree. And the Bible tells us he was up in the tree just because he wanted just to get a glimpse at Jesus. And here Jesus is. He's walking along. He looks up and he sees Zacchaeus. He says, Zacchaeus, come down. There's the invitation. He says, today I'm going to your house. There's the involvement. See, Jesus always matched invitation with involvement. He always matched the two. Because think about this. Invitations are nice. You know, an invitation is actually, honestly, it's easier than getting involved. We were at a coffee shop not too long back, and um, we were sitting there having coffee because coffee is my love language. Coffee is water. Amen. And uh, I love coffee. I drink probably too much, but that's okay. And uh, we were at a coffee shop, me and Nancy and uh, Crystal Figueroa. And we're sitting there, and we see this guy. And you ever feel like, man, I need to invite that guy to church? Do you ever feel like that? But here we are, three girls, right? And there's this guy, and we want to invite him to church. So you don't want to come over and be like, so hey. So the Lord really, like, made you stand out to us, and uh, we want to invite you to church. Like, doesn't that sound like creeper status, right? Like, it'd be that guy's, like, best day ever to be approached by three girls, right? And uh, so we're so nervous, and we're like, you invite him to church. No, you invite him to church. Oh, gosh. And so we're watching for him, and we both, like, pretend. Like, how many of you have ever done, like, the pretend conversation? Like, I'll go up and say this, and then they'll say this. And I'll be like, yeah, it's lots of fun. Anybody like that? <laughs> Y'all are laughing because you know what I'm talking about is true. So we're sitting there, and none of us can get up the nerve. Now, keep in mind, we are all full-time ministry. This is our job is inviting people to church and inviting people to Jesus, and we're nervous. Like, I'm sweating. I have, like, pit stains going on. I'm like, how am I going to invite this guy to church? So he gets up to use the restroom. We think, yes, this is our chance. Between all of our purses, we had every invite card the church Roy City has ever made. We had uh, um, something little to show that God loves you. We had the Easter invite cards. We had every, you know, grand opening. We had every invite card known to humanity. So we grab all the cards. We run over to his table, throw them on his computer, and we run out like as fast as we can. (laughs) Terrified that we just invited this man to church. You would have thought that we were dropping a bomb on him. Like seriously. And we get in the car. We're like, do you think he saw us? Do you think anybody? And all the people in the coffee shop are like, 
like, what are those girls doing? They're crazy. We're like, no worries, inviting people to church. Because an invitation is easy, but it's the involvement that's hard. It's what do I say? And oh, what if I don't say the right things? And what if it gets kind of awkward? And what if he's offended? And we start going through all this stuff, right? Because involvement makes us intimidated. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't just send a sweet invitation and say, hey, one day I would love to die for your sins. One day it'll be nice to get involved in your life and take on all your sickness on a cross. One day I might. Have you ever had those thoughts cross your mind? Have you ever called somebody and they said, hey, you know, you tell them about what a hard time you're having in your life. And they say, I almost called you the other day. I almost went by your house. You've been on my heart. And when you're going through a hard time, you think, I wish you wouldn't have almost done it. I wish you would have really done it, right? Aren't you glad Jesus didn't say, I almost died for your sins? I almost got involved with where you were at. But there was always a willingness from Jesus to get involved with where we're at. He came down, and for him, his reach was so wide that he hung on a cross, He reached as wide as he needed to reach to be able to cover all of our sins. How can I not respond to him when he calls me? How can I not want to begin to get involved with his call, get involved with his house, get involved with his people? Guys, let me just tell you, the Bible tells us about the parable of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And basically it's this. that Here it is. It tells us, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a shepherd who when he loses a sheep, he'll leave the 99 to go find the one. Now, I want to ask you a question. The 99, when the shepherd goes away, has a choice to either follow the shepherd or to stay where they are. And I have a lot of people tell me, Crystal, I just don't feel God's presence anymore. I just don't feel him anymore. It seems like I don't sense his voice. I I don't know where he's at in my life. I feel like I'm missing from God. And I always ask him this. When's the last time you were near someone who got saved? When's the last time you were near someone who found the Father? Because the Bible tells us that Jesus is always where the lost people are. So in other words, when I'm involved, I can always hear his voice. When I'm involved with what God's doing, I can always feel his presence. When you're back in the kids area and you're there with a child and you're holding their hands as they're receiving Jesus for the first time, let me tell you, you're going to sense God in that room. You're going to feel the Father's presence. Why? Because Jesus always is where lost people are. But a lot of times as a church, we get stuck in our boat. We get stuck in our boat because it's comfortable. And honestly, here the Bible tells us these people were messed up that Jesus was reaching. He didn't go to the local country club. Come on. He went to people where it's talking about they were having demon-possessed people. In other words, it looked like a movie of like poltergeist going on, Blair Witch Project. Jesus like, yeah, I'm going there. Because he's always with hurting people. I want to challenge you. This message isn't to make you feel better, but this message is to make you get better. And I want to challenge you, get involved with what God's doing. Lean into what's happening. And have you ever gone to a potluck? Has anybody ever gone to a potluck? And you're ever going with your girlfriend and a few other people? I know this is aimed at women. Women understand. And you go, what are you bringing to the potluck, right? Y'all are all going over to your girlfriend's house, and you want to bring, because nobody wants to show up with what? The potato salad? or the nasty coleslaw, 
or the vegetable dish that you got at Walmart that's like rotten when you open it, it stinks up the whole house, right? Nobody wants to be that guy, right? But the truth is, whenever everybody brings a dish, it's awesome because it's such a wide variety, And every dish is needed. And let me just tell you, you have a gift, a talent, and ability. We need your gift, talent, and ability in this house. We're not going to be able to do what we're called to do until you get involved with what God is doing. Are you ready to get involved? You guys getting excited to get involved? Amen. What is the impact you are making in the world around you? What's the impact you're making in the world around you? God's called you to get involved. Let's be an involved kind of people. You know, this message um, came to me whenever we were in um, at the beach. And because God speaks louder at the beach, I heard the Lord. He speaks near lost and hurting people, but he also speaks at the beach. Can I get an amen? Tom and Marty Miller are like, amen to that. And I was there, and I wasn't feeling very well. Um, Truth be told, Brian got some janky Chinese food. And I ate it, and it wasn't good. My stomach hated me. And uh, so I was laying in bed, and I was seeing Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father and did not feel very well. And my son came to me, and he said, Mom, I want to go down with Dad. I want to go see him. And I said, okay, he's, he's down fishing by the ocean, but, Bear, that's a little ways for you to go where he is. I don't know, because the sun was setting. It was starting to get kind of dark. And, you know, I'm that mom that's always, like, paranoid about creepers. Is anybody else like that? When they go in the bathroom, I'm like, don't let anybody touch you. If somebody touches you, you run out of there, okay? Don't talk to anybody. I'm that mom. So he's like, Mom, I'm big. I'm fixing to turn 10. I can walk. It's right there. You can see it. And I'm like, oh, And finally, I'm like, okay, I'll let him go. But I told him, just have your dad text me whenever you get there. So I'm laying there in bed, not feeling very well. And I look at the time when he leaves and I'm waiting for the text. Don't get the text. Five minutes goes by, 10 minutes goes by. And as a mom, don't you always like start to imagine the worst things? I would love to say that I'm like this faith-filled mom that's like, no, God's protecting my child. Angels are going before him. But I'm the mom that's like, there's a serial killer that's in the neighborhood I didn't know about. And my kid's going to be on channel four. Like I'm thinking these things, like awful thoughts. And I'm texting Brian. He's not answering. And I'm like, oh. And in my heart, I know he's okay, but I'm just scared. So it didn't matter how bad I felt at that moment. I was concerned about my baby. So I go down the stairs and I start off walking to the beach and then just panic grips my heart and I start running to the beach because I'm like, I've got to touch my son. I've got to see him. You know, as a mom, you just, there's moments where you just want to smell your kid. Only a mom understands that. You're like, I just want to touch him and smell him and know he's okay. So I'm running down the beach and as I come up, I see them and they're just fishing. And he looks at me and he goes, mom, I was fine. And I'm looking at Brian like, I could kill you right now. Why did you not text me back? And he's like, we're fishing. We're not worried about that. And I thought in that moment, and Jesus said, this is what it is to be involved with people's lives. And a lot of us are just kind of doing our own thing. There's no sense of urgency. Now, if he would have known that Bear was on his way and he hadn't arrived, there would be a sense of urgency in him too. Are y'all following me? But it's perspective is everything. And assignment is everything. And God has called all of us to be an involved church. 
and an involved people and being a part with what he's doing. Why? Because lives matter and people matter and God wants to do great things and it's not gonna be by two people. It's not gonna be by a handful of people just wearing themselves out every Sunday. It's by all of us partnering together, extending our reach towards heaven and saying, God, here am I, send me. I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll go wherever you need me to go. I'll talk to whoever you want me to talk to. I'm willing to get involved. I'm not willing to just invite people to church and assume that somebody else is going to be involved, but I'm willing to get involved with your house and get involved with what you're doing. And guys, let me just tell you, when you begin to do that, you will see amazing things happen in your life. Last Sunday, I got the sweetest note from uh, one of our people here that attend the church. And as sweet as it was, they call, they wrote to thank Brian and I for all that we've done at the church. But what was interesting is they began to name off you, all of our dream team people. They began to name off how red our sound guy has impacted their life. He began to name off different people from the worship team that impacted his life. He began to name off different people from the dream team that impacted his life. And so I'm saying that to say, it's all of us being involved with what God's doing that's gonna see a great impact. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.